Inter podcast. Listen to the official Inter podcast and relive the tales of the great number 10s who wrote Nerazzurri history. Search for 10 number 10s on the main podcast platforms on the official app and on inter.it. The Tumbling Saber podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 145 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. My name's Corey. My name is Michelle. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. I'm, I'm stoked to be here, guys. I've had a lousy weekend, but I'm... I'm we're Damn it, we're going to end it on a high note here. <laughs> How's everybody we're doing? Right. <laughs> we're going to try. We're going to try. Yeah, well, we've got a full slate of... of I, what I think is I just lobbed you up a softball and you didn't even hit it. That was like, do or do not. There is no try. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> this is going to go swimming. When we've had a Here really we go. long week, we're not going to be that quick to the uptake. Like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. That ain't going to be my thing tonight. I'm just going to be a little bit buzzing. But I will definitely not be very smart tonight. That's for sure. All right. I don't know if that's really a change from the usual, but I will definitely be a little bit stupider tonight for sure. <laughs> yeah, mine's going to kick in around half an hour. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. How much? 25 milligrams? No, no, not this time. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> right. 25? Yeah. One million milligrams. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, before we get started, let's. I want to throw a congrats to our pals over at the Nerd Room, all three of them. And if you haven't heard how big the news was last week and how it played out on their podcast, go check it out at the Nerd Room. But uh, a hearty congrats to all the guys, Troy and Sanjay and Tim, all dads expecting second additions to their family. It's incredible, incredible, actually. Yeah, uncanny, man. Like, I, I congratulate them as well. It's like the wills of the force, man. Like, and just a way, like, I, I'm totally worth a listen because, yeah, not all of them knew. And that's a really special thing, man, to be able to share with your buddies. And Yeah, that's, I mean, that the opening of their show <laughs> when they kind of just went three for three like that in the way they did. Uh, that was really hilarious and w- well done. And it was I funny. I, I, tweet, I tweeted it out and it kind of like I tweeted out the way they kind of announced it on the show. It was it was pretty funny. Uh, I was I was I was kind of shocked. I'm like, am I expecting a kid too? Like, is this how this is working right now? I, I think I, I'm I, not, like I'm being punked. I got pregnant listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> but how cool is it? Like how they're all like really really close friends, and like now all their kids are gonna get be born around the same time, go to school around the same time. Like hopefully they'll all be friends. Not mortal enemies but like <laughs> you know it's like i mean isn't that like the dream like everyone i feel like everyone i know when they talk about wanting to have kids like they all want to have kids around the same time so they yeah, can all like sure. hang out it gives them an excuse to hang out with each other more too so 
That's oh, cool. it, it makes things really easier for for both yeah. kids and parents if if everybody's ages kind of line up. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, recruits. Uh, also, I want to thank Brad for joining me last week on Worthy of Recognition, and I want to thank Brad personally for uh, amping up his pledge on Patreon. Brad, thank you so much. Wow. And uh, did you guys check uh, last week's show? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Good. It was a nice long version of Worthy of Recognition. It was really, really good. Yeah, we had a couple of good tangents, and man, we had to reel it back in a couple times. But we we could have gone for another thirty minutes easy, but it was getting really late. And we had to kind of bring it to a close, but I really enjoyed talking to Brad. Oh, it was great, man! And, was and it was show. there was a, there were a couple of times where I'm like, yeah. Now my if if I ever get asked to be on Worthy of Recognition, I I, I don't know who the hell I'm gonna pick <laughs> because everybody's coming up with such great answers, and it's like nobody wants to double up. And uh, no, but Brad really knocked it out of the park, man. Congrats! It was really really good. Thanks, man. That was yeah, it was a great great show. Really enjoyed doing that one. And uh, also a big, huge thanks to Neil for amping up his his Patreon pledge once again. And Neil, if, if you know, if there was such thing as a angel investor in this show, it would be Neil. <laughs> Amazing! Yeah, Amazing. incredible. Thank you so much, Neil. You are awesome, and uh, yeah, we really, really, really appreciate it. And we'll hear from Neil later on today in the show. All right. So, uh, how about a quick collecting update? Anybody got anything? Oh, I yes. got something. Go for it, Michelle. I'll go first because mine is probably Star Wars related. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I was opening all a bunch of boxes and um, I was opening this like book subscription box, which is something I like. I work with companies that have these and I also subscribe to some, but it's like a book and then they have like a theme per month and they like have goodies inside. But um, one of mine had a full-size Rose Pop and Funko Pop. It's so cute. I didn't have one yet, so I was, like, super excited. And, yeah, like, it just made me really excited that, like, a company that I really love that is super awesome, like, included a Rose, like, a full-size Rose Funko Pop in their boxes. Because, like, to think that every box had one in it, I was just like, wow. you know. Yeah, that's a lot, that's a lot, screw a lot you of Funkos haters. going out. Yeah, I was like, screw you, haters. We love her. <laughs> there you um, go. Yeah, I was like, and it made me really happy. So right now on my, um, I have like, I haven't pulled all of my Funkos out, like from when I first moved here. So they're all kind of still in their boxes and like in um, a big like plastic container thing. Um, but the ones I have out, like this will probably explain a lot about who I am as a person. But I have a Rose Funko Pop. Uh, Eleven from Stranger Things, who's like in the air, like her nose is bleeding. Everything. I have Boo from uh, Monsters Inc. And I have a translucent um pickle Rick from Rick and Morty <laughs> with like uh, like these um like guns and a tiny Hagrid. So what a, if you what a random to know mix. What my personality is like. That's it. <laughs> Those are the best collections. Yeah, it's like super random, but it it, it they're all ones I really love and. <laughs> It says a lot about me personally, I think, that I have, like, I literally have every single Pickle Rick Funko Pop <laughs> in existence. There's more than one? Oh, God, yes, don't answer of that. Of course there's more than one. Don't there's, answer that. I think I have six. Oh, um, Jesus. And I don't have the one where he's in the Humvee. So, 
Because that one costs like 40 bucks. And I feel like I love Pickle Rick, but there's to a certain extent, I don't think I can make an excuse for buying a $40 version of it because I already <laughs> have like, but yeah, I love Rick and Morty. It's awesome. Anyway. Um, yeah. Rose is my big, uh, big, uh, your big pickup for the week. My big pickup for the week. Cool. You know, cause I can't technically buy new stuff yet. You know, the camera <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. The camera. <laughs> Still, still need a, still need a recoup on that. Uh, Corey, what's what's up with your collection this week? It's kind of a kind of an interesting week. I, I managed to pick up Solo finally, which it's nice to finally have that in the collection with all the others. Oh yes, did you watch uh, it? Did you watch it yet? Yep, well, I watched. I watched it once last weekend with my folks, but that was actually kind of like downloaded or whatever. But I watched it so far once on on the disc, and yeah, man, does not disappoint. No, nope. uh, other than that. Uh, Michelle kind of had a point, but it's pretty awesome. Like I was out and about in uh, actually another province shopping around and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go peruse the toy section. And lo and behold, they had the second wave, all four of the vintage figures. Now, originally there was only three, right? They had Han Solo, uh, the Death Trooper, I believe, from Rogue One and was in the assault tank driver from Rogue One as well, Trooper. Such nice figures. They are really nice. And anyway, like I had to say, like my heart fluttered, man, when I saw them and I was like, oh my God, like they're out. And as the brother I am, you know, I decided to call my big bro and be like, hey man, look what I saw. Like I know you're collecting them. Again, there, there was one missing, the Emphy's Nest, right? Anyway, I, I talked to Kyle and then I, I someone must have stashed it or something because it wasn't with the other ones, but there was only one set of the one wave, and they had Emphy's Nest and oof, I don't know, man. I want that toy. <laughs> <laughs> like I really want it, but I, I think I'm gonna be a. We'll make a deal, Kyle. You you still hunt for it because just the hunt itself was super satisfying to me, and I actually did purchase them. So, you know. The hunt for Whatever. me has been super frustrating. Like I keep coming up empty. Every single place I hit is empty. Well, that's it. So I kind of stole that satisfaction from you a bit. And again, that empty's nest. It was kind of like I, I had that devil on my shoulder, man. Like, just don't tell him. Like, <laughs> that's your empty's nest now. Like, you deserved it. You found it. But nah, whatever. Again, like, I do want it. But uh, well, eventually I don't, don't want to go down up. that rabbit hole. They will. They will eventually turn up in quantity. It's just. For like the thrill of the hunt is is dead for me. It's gone. It's it's. I just now when I go out, it's with resentment. It's like, do they have it finally? Jesus Christ! And I like, I'd go in. <laughs> they don't have it, and month after or week after week, it goes down like this. And then finally one day, like they'll show up, and it's not like joy anymore. It's like finally jerks. So I'm I'm perfectly fine and happy to know that you found them and picked them up for me. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good deal, man. <clears throat> like I said, I got to rush off it. And uh, to scratch my itch is totally eclectic. Kind of like Michelle, she had called it. Uh, not Spy- Star Wars related, but uh, picked up Spider-Ham. Peter Porter. Yes! Nice. Yeah, man. I had to. I was like, I saw it. I was like, yeah. That's a good, that's a good call. I couldn't let it go. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why. It's not even opposable. I was like, no, you're, you're just coming with me. That's it. It's like... What, did he put up a fight? It sounds like he had an argument with him. No, like, uh, I mean, like, can I justify this? The figure's like literally like, I don't know, two inches, three inches, maybe. 
It's more for <laughs> if anyone's building the figure that it comes with, which is a Venom figure. There's actually two torsos and a spider, spider ham. <laughs> ah, you'll but... be happy. You'll be happy. Adam. Like 10 years from now, you'll look back on that figure and go like, nice. I'm glad I have this. Of course. It's spider ham. Uh, okay. Let's, you know what? We, it's time to make somebody else's day. It's back. Wait, wait. What about my, up. what about my collecting? Oh, I thought you said, oh, I didn't think you had anything. Well, you should have asked. No, I thought you said off the top you didn't have anything. But go ahead. I don't have anything. But mm-hmm. <laughs> what I do have is uh, I have a um, a Lego Star Wars Lego micro fighter tie striker that's going to be um, wrapped and sent away to a lucky lucky person. So that's cool. Somebody's getting Lego, uh, a Star Wars Lego from me, uh, as part of my collecting update. It's uh, it's it's. I'm not collecting, but I'm gifting. I mean, it's in your possession right now, so you have it. It's part of your collection for the time being, and you're you're just going to gift part of that collection. Exactly. There you go. So, yeah, we made the draw, and uh, for those who uh, who don't know, you could just uh, check it out. I think I'm going to be dropping the uh, the video on uh, Carlos Candido Facebook page. Uh, you could check it out there uh, starting tomorrow evening, I believe. I scheduled a post. I don't remember, but um, yeah, somebody's getting some something. Somebody's getting course. something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to ruin the surprise. Fair enough. All right. It's Matthew Keegan. Matthew Keegan's getting it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Wednesday by the time he listens to this. So he, surprise, he should, eh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let's give away a Mimban six-inch Black Series Stormtrooper. Holy shit! <laughs> That's it. Just to be clear, is my name in this box at all? It isn't, is it? It is. Absolutely. Uh, if I had my webcam, no. I'd show you right now. Where is sure. it? Sure. <laughs> is my name in it? Yes, it is. Really? That's well, true, eh? Hold on. This is, I'm going to delay here for a sec. Don't mind me. I'm just. I just fished out Carlos's name. I'm going to take and a look. He's taking taking it out of the draw. Great, great, great. Bear with me. I, I had. I wish I had some like you know, put you on hold music. Yeah, I can't say. Uh, you know. <laughs> In my when when Carlos and I we actually you were singing "Girl from Ipanema," right? Because that's, that's kind exactly of what I got. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, remember oh, Carlos? There it is. Look at that! I told nice. you. All right, cool. Right. We, we, we'd you'd have to serve a big piece of humble pie there, anyhow. Remember that time we won huh. the solo quiz? Yeah, but I'm talking about the draws. The quiz That's is kind of like raw talent. I'm talking about luck. <laughs> I guess. The, qui- the quiz is where the the quiz is where guessing is the only <laughs> I love how we put a exclam- exclamation point. Everybody gets an exclamation point. Ooh. I thought mine would get a question mark, but <laughs> that sounds accurate, Corey. Yeah. Yours yours is written in like two point font. <laughs> See, I can't read this. Moving on. <laughs> Typo. <laughs> Okay, let's do this. This is a cape figure, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty stoked about this. Yeah, someone's going to get a soft goods cape on this Mimban Stormtrooper. This month's winner is 
Digging in the box, holding out a name. Arrow? The tension? Yes. Ads! Ads, yeah! Oh, nice. And we know he loved Solo. Yeah, definitely. definitely loved Solo, so this will fit in nice with his Tolkien collection. I don't know how. But well, yeah, I mean, capes, the cape capes, they'll blend right in. Oh, <laughs> the capes. Right. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Tolkien, so I guess uh, that's why. Uh oh. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> ads, congratulations, sir. I miss ads. Well, you, you know where to find him. I know where to find him. It's not like he's gone but to I Mars. He... I know, but. I miss his I miss his addition to the show. Exactly. That's well, yes, that's true. But I mean, I mean, he left a hell of a legacy here. Ads, congrats, <laughs> sir. We will be sending out this Minban Trooper to you as soon as possible, sir. Enjoy it. Big win, big win. And actually, we know what we're giving away next month too. Oh. Should What's we reveal that? that now? Yes. What's in the box? Uh, next month, so for our wonderful, powerful friends, and of course, you know, uh, as a powerful friend, we have the promo running where if you bring a friend in, you up your chances with extra ballots. So uh, next month's prize, we'll be drawing that at the end of October or our first November show. Uh, 345 pieces of Lego goodness. Wow. 345, 345. Hold on. Swoop, swoop bikes? Swoop bikes? Uh. 345. Hold on. I'm usually good at this. <laughs> I, I expected you to nail it right on. Anakin ship. Uh, no, no, hmm. that one's two something. Um, three forty-five. I don't know, man. I don't know. Han is Solo it the, speeder. It is the speeder. Whoa! The M sixty-eight. Oh, nice. nice. So that's going to be our giveaway next month. A little something different, but I, I felt it was time that we uh, we mix it up. Go step away from the Black Series figures for a change. And uh, yeah, I think someone's going to have some fun putting this this together. It is a fun yeah, build. Like, I almost hope it's someone who hasn't done Lego in a long time, not like someone that actually collects it. Because you know, I I've, I I was totally out of the Lego. I didn't grow up with Lego, but I, I've been having that that uh, longing lately. Like I need a good Lego build, like just a little small thing, something like that. You know, like a good three hundred piece thing where you sit down at least for a a bit. You know, that would be nice. Yep. It is. It's yeah. I mean, they're fun. They're super fun. And that's a rad speeder too, man. Like, oh, it's so cool. It's such a nice speeder. And it, like, in the absence of being having the time to do like a, a proper model, you know, doing a Lego thing is is really scratches that itch. Yeah, you try and put those stickers on level. <laughs> it's pretty easy. <laughs> Whatever, Carlos. I've seen your work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Thank you. All right, okay. so a couple of. Uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> a couple of quick news items here. We'll blow through these really quickly. But uh, let's have a, a hearty congrats to Kathleen Kennedy for her three-year extension. Yay. Unbelievable. I'm so happy about this. What a no-brainer in my mind. I, I wasn't sure when her contract expired. I know the YouTubers were saying, this is what's the funniest part about this. The, the uh, nasty part of YouTube was saying that the 29th of September was the day she was going to be fired. (laughs) (laughs) Idiots. Instead, it's the day or she was extended officially the 28th, I suppose. But yeah, how about that? Maybe, I guess maybe somewhere it was public news that her 
uh, contract ran through September 2018. And that's when they thought she'd be axed at the end of her deal. But no, three more years of Kathleen Kennedy and the haters are going bananas. Oh, it's, it's, it was so beautiful. I have to say, man, like I never go down those rabbit holes. Well, I do sometimes for flat earthers and whatnot. But um, yeah, <laughs> like you had tweeted something out, Kyle. And I, I forget the original source, but it could be the original source. And I just started looking at this stuff and man, the vileness of things like Jesus Christ. I was like, get a hold of yourself. Like even people like just one thing baffled me. Well, a lot of it baffled me. Don't get me wrong. But one guy's like, like you're basically, you're punishing my kids. Cause I'll, I'll never take my kids to go see a star Wars film in your era. Like, well, why are you punishing your kids? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, wow, man, like just the backwardness of it all. Well, his spitefulness is now part of the permanent record. That's that. That's all. I just, uh, the, just anyway, the, the stuff people spew about it are just, well, how about this for a creative excuse? Uh, this is the one that really started to gain traction. I, I saw it all over the place. Was it the one you retweeted? Cause that was hilarious. Uh, You'll have well, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll mention this one, then you tell me if if that's what I tweeted. I don't I don't. Okay. Know. Uh, nobody else wanted the job. Oh Bob, God! Bob Iger was searching feverishly for a replacement, including J.J. <laughs> Abrams, who turned down the job. Sure. Nobody else wanted this job, so he reluctantly gave Kathleen three more years. That's that's the one that gained a lot of traction over the weekend. That's hilarious. Um, another one. She has dirt on Iger, i.e. <laughs> oh yeah given, given sure. the times that's believable. given the times uh she knows that he has uh, sexually harassed uh, women oh, and oh so, my god so she's leveraged she leveraged that against him to get a contract I've, i saw that going around a little bit holy shit <laughs> wow and here's another wow. one uh the other one that i saw it doesn't really change anything. This and this is one where people are these haters are now rationalizing the whole thing. It doesn't change anything since 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 they've issued a slowdown, she's going to have minimal impact anyway. So, oh, that's the one I was reading. Unbelievable! These these trolls. They will tell themselves anything in order to to give themselves legitimacy. That person clearly, and that person wasted a lot of time too. Because like I remember reading the tweet on your feed, and it was like. They were trying to break down, like, the timeline where they're like, oh, well, like, you know, episode nine, part one and part two. And then, like, that's going to take three years. And she's it's going to so it's not like she's going to be there that much longer because she's not going to be able to oversee anything else. And I was like, really, really? First of all, they're not going to break up episode nine into part one, part two. That's just stupid. But if they did, like, it wouldn't change anything like i just it was just so ridiculous and like they were saying how like ryan's trilogy is gone because it's gonna take eight years and she's not gonna be there to oversee it so like it's too bad ryan johnson like your tw- trilogy is not gonna happen i was like wait what they already have a contract though so <laughs> like it's pretty i'm pretty sure it's gonna happen uh, it's yeah incredible yeah. stuff i don't i just these people baffle me. I just don't understand them. They have, I don't know. They have lots of issues clearly, but I don't understand this idea that these guys have that. Like, like how do they come up with this stuff? Well, I don't like, know. I, like they, they like think that she's like, in the room. Yeah, kind of they think that she's in the room with the writers telling them, no, strike that line. And 
Like she has more, Ugh. she has a lot more important shit to do than yes. like sitting there and like telling people to do shit. Like she's a huge like lady boss. Like she has lots of shit to do. She's and, like, running a, a business. Of, yeah, like come on. Like she, she's not concerned about that. Like she's more concerned about like big picture stuff and like you know like making deals and like making sure everything runs smoothly and. It's not like she's not sitting there with the minutia of like, no, you should delete the from that sentence because it makes it a little bit like more pretentious. Like she's not sitting there doing that. Like really, yeah, like, or, or she's give not this line, managing everything. give this line to oh. that female character because the force is female. Like she's not doing any of that. Shut up, people. God. <laughs> Maybe she should. Maybe the movies would be better. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she should. Maybe she should Maybe get more involved. Well, I, I, just make her own Star Wars movie where she writes and directs everything and like just, you know, make people shut the frick up already. Like, uh, I'm no expert on this. Like, I don't know if there are or how many other female movie heads there are out there of studios, but I would like to see Kathleen Kennedy's replacement be another female at this point just to see the reaction almost. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, okay, how about her? No, what? Well, well, why not? <laughs> like, oh, is it because she's female? Like, mm. well, like half the Lucasfilm executive, the upper executive, is comprised are, of women, so it could very female, easily yeah. promote from within. And yes, that could, that could happen, Corey. Or like a person of color. Oh yeah, boy, like, or both. Like, take yeah, all the boxes. Exactly. Let's let's just make it very very minority driven. Let's like, just let's just make it a biracial. Per, a woman of color and just just give the mantle to michelle right now <laughs> sold michelle get bring us the scoops oh my gosh <laughs> that would be an intense job man oh my god yeah. don't mess up don't uh, me- right. yeah yeah you exactly. imagine? michelle you consult me first and my checklist <laughs> but like can you the, the thing is like it, there's already so much pressure like to do better because you know you are a woman like i mean even if even if not just like from from around to you but like as a woman like in general like when i'm doing something like there is an innate sense of like i even though it's not like even if it's conscious or unconscious it's usually unconscious but it's something that we're brought up with where like we're told we have to, if we do, we have the same job as someone other, like a man, like we have to do better. We can't make as many mistakes. Like we can't, cause we don't have as much wiggle room. Like we don't, if we fuck up, sorry, I dropped an F-bomb. If we <laughs> screw up, if we screw up at, at any point, like there's just so much scrutiny, like that's placed upon you because you're not you're different and like they they want to make that excuse about you being a woman so that's why you're not good at it or you're screwing up like it's like it's not about like oh i've probably been pushing myself for 50 hours and like i've been overdoing it and i made a mistake like it's not even if that's what it is like that's not how people will take it or spin it so i can only imagine like how much pressure pressure she's self like self-imposing onto herself like where she's like i need to make sure that i'm doing the best that i can but also like double triple checking things because if i don't like people are going to come after me for you know being a woman coming after you anyway michelle you know well imagine like it's it's just it's hard to explain but it's like this this inner thing where you know like 
you can't screw up. Like yeah, you're, the, the margin for like, error is so, so much thinner. Yeah, because you know, like you know, it's just obvious. Like in the news, you can see it as well, where it's just like if a woman was as emotional or angry as a man when expressing an opinion, like you know, she's crazy man, and unhinged, yeah, and she's oh my god, a man is just being passionate and defending himself and going after what is right, quote rightfully his, but a woman is just like oh she's she's just crazy, like or she's you know she can't. It's just, it's, it's that kind of weird thing mm-hmm. where I just, I, I feel really, I feel for her because, and, and in the face of that, she is being so classy and so incredible. And she is proving to everyone that she is an amazing CEO because she's not letting this ridiculousness get to like, like get to her in a way where publicly, like, you know, she's letting people see if it's getting to her public. I'm sure that there's any person at that level of, of scrutiny will feel personally like a little bit, you know, upset sometimes or like sad that that's how it is. But you know, that video, that clip or like when she is showing her star Wars t-shirt and she's just like, yep, three more years. Like that, that someone can be like that in the face of everything that she's having to stand up against is just really inspiring. Like just as a human being, I I think she's, Look at her CV, right? Like, look at her resume. She's, she's nobody's so bulletproof, bullet. but I mean, she, she has an understanding. She just as well. gets it. She knows what she's doing. She she's got all the confidence in the world in her experience. Yeah, exactly, and there's this, no one more qualified. I mean, there may be someone, but like, she is beyond qualified. Hell yeah! And she's done a bang up job. Like she's she the one that's, like she's she, doing she, amazing. She's, Everything she's produced. She's laying the foundations for all future Star Wars, really. Like, this is the beginning of a whole new era, and she's the one who's paving that way, so... Well, yeah, you're right. And just just to close on this before we move on, uh, you're right, Corey. Like, the people who say, oh, she's going to have minimal impact. No, she's going to have a ton of impact because, like you said, the, the tr- Johnson trilogy is on its way. Uh, by, you know, by the time this contract ends, the Benioff and Weiss will probably be in production. There's lots of stuff that is going to kick off under her watch. And who knows, maybe maybe this is, in her mind, her final deal before she retires, or maybe not. Maybe she will continue. But, uh, and yeah. again, this, not everything's her decision either. Like, Bob Iger took the fall last week in stating that, hey, it's me that said, this is the quota for films. Kathleen, you're the woman for the job. Make this happen in this time period. And, my God, the amount of Star Wars we've had in the past couple of years and what's coming in the hopper. Yeah, she's, I feel like, safe in her hands and for her to oversee all this i'm anxious for it and again she deserves it man in a big way yep no brainer well you know what's gonna happen though like let's just say for example and this is the final thing we'll say on this one but if if this is her in her deal she's like this will take me to 68 years old i'm gonna call it quits after this one if she retires at the end of this three in september of 2021 the haters will come around and say oh no she got fired they of course they will. They 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 weren't. She's not retiring. By they far. fired her, and they. She's sixty five right now. Yeah. Oh wow, the, man. She the thing incredible. about yeah, she really does. But one of the things about that's great about being um head of a movie studio or a film studio is it's like a job you can do until you're like ninety. Like look yeah. at Roger Ailes. Like all these people, they still try to stay in the business until they like drop dead. So she seems like um, a lifer. Or yeah. they need, if it's or your they need to retire in shame. I mean, I really think like that's what they they'll say, but I mean, she can keep doing this job as long as she wants to, like, and I think 
it'll be awesome. Or she'll, I, but I feel like she'll be classy enough to be like, um, to be one of those people who understands like what, why term limits are important and like why bringing in new blood is important when you're building a business. Like it's sometimes important to kind of like pave the way for the next generation of people mm-hmm. who want to do better. And I feel like she, I feel like not a lot of like older white men it, like Roger Ailes or like who are classic film or TV studio heads would think that way because they're very selfish. But like, I feel like certain people, a lot of the younger people who are now in that position know that they're, they've been, it was really hard to get there and it, they need like the industry needs new blood in order to keep progressing and doing better. And so I feel like she would be one of those people who might be like, you know what? I had my great, time and i'm gonna usher in like the next person who is going to be the face of the brand and yep if she does that too that's cool that's totally i'm I'm sure i'm sure for like she'll she'll still have some kind of involvement if she so choose like she could become like consulting or something yes like be on the board or something like that yeah that's just a testimony though too like to any of those artists though like people who at that age being a studio head like i'm sure she has just more money than she can ever even hope to spend almost you know what i mean but these people continue to work whereas they can go live in paradise for the rest of their night lives but no they choose this life and it's not an easy one either no it's hard to well be a let's creative. Uh, let's not let's, let's not have a pity party for these people and actually yeah. let's let's move on congrats kathleen <laughs> well deserved yeah. congrats lady uh msw had a report Late last week, that the Favreau show is starting production this coming week, and uh, Jason there had was tweeting some uh, pics from the set, and it looks very Tatooine-ish. Did you guys come across that story at all? Nope. Yeah, I saw it. I saw some of the photos. Yeah, it looks pretty. I mean, I I don't know if it's Tatooine or not. I don't know if anybody does aside from the people there, but yeah, very very Tatooine-ish, and I think that that could be cool if it's if you know. Bringing the Mandalorians over to Tatooine could be some interesting ties there. Yeah, what are they looking for? I'm waiting for more. I'm waiting for more before I start delving into that because now we got we got resistance, and we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that coming up. But uh, I don't I don't want to overfill uh, too many cups. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we we might have to do a slowdown on the podcast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> always, always more faster, more intense. Always. <laughs> Quiet, George. Uh, and I'll, well, I, I'll I'll slow it down here for one second here, very quickly. Uh, we as we recorded last week, somebody very important to Star Wars passed away uh, last week. Gary Kurtz died um, as we were recording episode one forty four. But this guy played an absolutely pivotal role in what we see in A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and it's it's very difficult to imagine. Uh, what these two films would have looked like without people like Kurtz, uh, who kind of kind of pushed Lucas um, on his ideas and had their own ideas implemented. Like he's Kurtz is one of the underappreciated and underrated people in Star Wars history, which is a shame, really. But like his name is right there next to George Lucas and Irvin yep. Kershner's. It's right there on oh, the poster, yeah. and it, it's a name that you don't hear enough spoken about as far as. Uh, big names in star wars goes but no doubt we lost a great last week and may he rest in peace rest in power i like to say there you go 
All right, gang. Let's uh, let's talk about resistance. We've got one week left until the big premiere, and we've got a lot of uh, resistance news this week. We got a full trailer to whet our appetites one more time. Uh, I assume we all checked that out this week. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Carlos, uh, any any thoughts ahead of the uh, of the premiere based on the trailer? Oh yeah, man! I'm so excited. I can't wait to watch this on the Disney streaming service. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah uh i don't know i'm i guess i'm gonna have to uh, pirate it uh or watch it on youtube or something and um but i am i am a little bit more excited than i was last week like this full trailer really pushed uh you know i'm letting jesus take the wheel on this one like I, i'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah i'm interested i'm really uh it, i turned the corner i think it was seeing leia in in the trailer pushed pushed me over the edge of like an anticipation and excitement yeah that was a biggie no doubt uh cory are you uh was was that bringing your excitement level up or down or the same were you already sort of a 10 i wouldn't say i was a 10 but uh i would say i'm still oh, no, you're const- a 10 cory you're a 10 man i'm silly on this like i, I could <laughs> see right away that this show is this trailer kind of made it a little more evident that it's going to be aimed a lot more toward children but at the same time i can see a bit of a darker element developing here when we see things like uh phasma and uh star killer base that i really like but i again the comedy and stuff like don't get me wrong i'm all in on this uh it did raise my expectation like excitement a little more the animation style really seems to be growing on me but uh all in all I don't know. I think these kids are in a, a heap of a heap of trouble, man. Like they got they got a f- the fight of their lives on their hands here, and I think it's like just I don't know. I think it's gonna be a, a short season that's gonna flow. It's gonna tell. I don't think it's gonna tell this super epic tale, but it's gonna be a very character driven story. One thing that I did notice that I wanted to point out was the music, and in the trailer, anyhow, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what it's gonna be in the show. But as Star Wars grows and evolves. Will they be able to branch away from that symphonic orchestra stuff? And this trailer kind of alluded to that, which I found really interesting. Uh, they've done it a couple times in the Clone Wars. In the earlier seasons, I found there was a lot of electronic music almost where you're entering a battle and they're like amping it up with this totally different style of music. And it kind of takes you out of things, but. Now, as as I've been rewatching, I find it very interesting, and I'm glad that they're going to dabble a little more in that. It seems. Uh, other than that, again, very character based story. Uh, I love the animation, the flying, where it seems like it's going to go. It's uh, my kid seems really excited, and I think it's going to be again aimed a little more toward that audience. But it's still going to tell a pretty interesting tale, so we got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, for sure, Michelle. I'm actually, I feel like the trailer got me even more excited about the show. Like, um, I just, I kind of love that, like, weird humor that was in it. Uh, I, it's just, I feel like um, it's geared towards kids, but I felt like the humor was very, uh, I don't know, like, it's it's kind of like those double level, the level humor things where I just thought it was really, like, smart and quick. Um, and I just like the don't explode and then the exploding. I just, I love that. I think it's really funny. I like the kind of personality of 
the main character, I think, Kaz Kazuda or Kaz. Um, I think that he's kind of funny. I love that um, the original actors are back for voicing um, the characters, like Oscar Isaac for Poe. I mean, I love Poe, so like I, I'm really excited to see like a different kind of uh, layer to him almost, kind of in this um, kind of role where he's uh, being this kind of... Um, I don't know, like a role model type to a new like pilot. I, I don't know. I just miss like the pilot stories. Like I, I feel like this is going to be really interesting to kind of um, get to see. And um, it seems really fun. I like the action. I also liked the music. I'm really, I'm, I'm also really, really um, loving the animation. I love the colors. Um, I think there is that, there's this one shot, where the the it was like right around after where they say like don't explode and then his thing explodes but when they pull out wide and you see there's like this ocean and the there's these uh, all the they're all flying above the ocean and you can see the horizon and just the colors are so beautiful they really do look kind of like almost like this like an art like an art piece almost it's very very beautiful and I'm really drawn to just the the colors and the drawing and the animation like i at first when i was seeing a lot of the clips the the fact that all of the um features and everything aren't as outlined as normal they're just kind of like the flesh color and then like it's just the way i don't know it's hard to describe well, the, the lighting I, plays a big role there right yeah and i just i love the lighting because it's it feels very cinematic and very natural light like it feel like, like they really yeah, they've really looked into how light hits in a in real life, like where it really looks. It almost kind of reminds me of Studio Ghibli, like Totoro and those kinds of animation. Almost like it's very cinematic and, and large, and I'm really looking forward to it because it doesn't rem- it doesn't make me feel like it's um it's like a TV show animation. It seems like film animation almost to me. Yep. And yep. Um, that's the vibe I get from it. And that makes me really excited because um, it, it, I'm not looking at it as animation, the animation part kind of like, as I was watching the trailer towards the end, it kind of just like left my brain that it was animation almost like it just, exactly. it like a cart. It didn't seem like a cartoon. It's, it felt like a film. Like I, I was, I, I didn't feel like I was watching animated characters anymore i just felt like a film like a story like yep. i don't know i think it's going to be really cool because i think it's re- they're playing with this difference of um it's kind of exactly how i feel like um tv series are right now like the hbo and the cable series and the netflix shows like how that did to cable like how it elevated cable almost i feel like this is doing that for animation where it's elevating animation into this new genre of of storytelling and i really am excited for it and i think this is going to be a really important um development in animation as a whole not just in star wars but wow just yeah, in i like world. that it's a good point it's i want to really see this cool. for the animation of star wars like not only this show like i totally get what you're saying there michelle like i'm i'm so glad they're branching out in this new genre and it absolutely looks gorgeous but Rebels, Clone Wars, all the amount of uh, like with, like owning the movies and stuff, like watching the video commentary and the extra scenes, 
the Clone Wars, especially the Clone Wars, like the amount of thought that people don't just notice the amount of work that goes into these shows with the minute details, like you were saying, okay. Michelle, before of like how like the the lighting looks so proper and like the angles and it looks so lifelike. Like the, the the amount of thought that goes into it is absolutely incredible, and I think Star Wars in itself has taken. When I watch it compared to, I watch so many cartoons right now as my kid, right? Right. So, like, just seeing that compared to other stuff, it's like, wow, they have just taken it to not a whole new level, but just a whole new other galaxy, you know? Oh, they're yeah. I, I mean, they've completely broken away from from the norm and doing something so different. And to be honest, the animation I think is what is selling it for me right now. Yeah. It just it's so bright, so colorful. It looks so fluid. And like with regards to like the shots where we see their ships flying or racing, mm. they they do something in this that they've never done anywhere else, where they leave like those colored contrails. Yes, and, and they do a lot oh. to add some dynamism to the shots. It it's like real. It's it's so real because that's what you see when you look up in the sky and you see a jet like you know yeah, go those, by. Those, those are chemtrails, and it's quite a conspiracy. <laughs> oh. No, it's pretty. I like it. It's, by it's by the way, just to uh, oh. correct you, Corey, it's pronounced minute, uh, not minute. And uh, <laughs> minute details, no? The minute, the minute yeah, details. It's minute, <laughs> minute. <laughs> so, what would you guys think of of uh, hype phase on? Like, I think he's going to be the best or the worst. Oh yeah. I don't know. Sure. Like from what I'm understanding, I don't know how big his role is going to be on the show. Like it yeah, seems more you. like a guest like, star. Yeah, he 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 pops in in I think uh, episode three or four, the, his first appearance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it could be. But he look he I looks think, like he's going to be an absolute scene stealer for better or worse. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I want I, it to be good though. Oh yeah, for sure. I want to like him. So a couple of things I I noticed. Yeah. Well, there's a a shot. So there's a group of incoming ships. They look like modified uh, TIE fighters. And then this, they're kind of flanking this totally overhauled Imperial shuttle looking thing. And so we'll get to this in a few more minutes from now. But uh, there's there's some pirates referred to in another episode, an upcoming episode. And I wonder if they are, if these, this group of ships is actually pirates or early first order stuff. And, uh, and then Captain Emmanuel Doza, who's uh, Tora Doza's dad, he he made reference to the fact that the pirates are becoming more uh, better trained and better equipped. Yep. That, that's got to be some sort of but, uh, first but order reference. Yeah. Are they from the Caribbean? That's what we need to know. <laughs> okay, uh, we got <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. A, a quick glimpse of the Starkiller base, and I. I, I wonder yes. if we're going to get a little shot of uh, Finn on, on uh, sanitation duty. Ooh. That, that's the beauty of this. That, that, that's what I really like about this story in the sense that, you know, like He's we've drag. had this story fleshed out a bit in uh, literature, but it would be nice to see if this show were to tie into the, the roots of The Force Awaken in that they're the ones that are kind of providing information and kind of discovering this thing in a way. Like we know Poe kind of takes the credit, but this guy Kaz seemed to be seems to be Poe's boy. Wait, you know what's funny is that Poe reporting to Leia, he goes, "Oh, they're clearly First Order is clearly making weapons." She knew that. She knew that as of Bloodline, which is like five years before this this show. 
from a continuity standpoint, that's a weird thing for him to say. Leia fully knows. Yeah, but that's like that could be possibly a need to know thing, right? Like upper echelon of military, like Poe was kind of shut out in TLJ as well. Well, as in as in Leia's next line is with duh. (laughs) I guess. Uh, yeah, I, well, that, that stuck out to me. So either Leia's holding, withholding stuff. Well, no, because Leia was going to the, to the Senate at the time saying, you know, the First Order's dangerous. They're building stuff. But this is, this is also maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree here, but they're on a water world in this show and Bloodline was set, or a, a part of the show was, uh, was set on a planet called Sebensko, which was an oceanic or an ocean covered world. Where Leia did a lot of uh, discovered a lot of stuff, and I wonder if this planet is Sabensko. Probably not, but it very well could be. Well, it looks like that station's in a lot of trouble by the end. Yeah, well, probably. I want this station completely destroyed. Yep. Uh, did anybody else? Uh, there's that shot of that asteroid-looking thing with some sort of structure built into it. And then you know it's it's kind of hanging out there in space among that green gas cloud, and then we saw some shots of uh, X wings sort of flying in and around the structure. It looked really shield gate-ish from Rogue One. Yes, which works for me, man. That's that to me is the best space battle we've ever seen in Star Wars, and I I'm totally down for that. Uh, and then like circling back to uh, the Leia character. When I heard the words come out of her mouth, so this, this is funny. So there was the whole Rachel uh, Butera thing from last week, and right before, like I, I saw the trailer right before she put her foot in her mouth. I was yeah, like, wow. I saw it before. She, that's it. Me too, man. Like watching, <clears throat> listening to her emulate Carrie Fisher's Leia at that stage of her life, I was like, wow. Like, bang there, on. There it is. Like, if they want to redub some dialogue. For Leia in episode nine, this lady from this quick little snippet of Leia dialogue can totally do it. And then I look up into Twitter and, oh. Yeah. Sorry, Rachel. She's a horrible human being. So. <laughs> Not smart, Rachel. Not smart. Yeah. Totally tone deaf. Like, just so offensive. Like, <sighs> so offensive. I just, I, yeah. That. It really hurt me because when I watched the trailer after knowing that, like, it really made me disappointed. Yeah. I don't it was, know. It's no it doubt because I really, it's just, yeah, it sucks because it, when you, and thinking about just Carrie as a person, like, and who she is, like, she would have just, she would be rolling in her grave. Oh, like, she would have smacked her so hard. She would have smacked her so hard like that is literally everything that she stands against and it's just like oh yeah (laughs) like for real like horse's head in her bed level like not okay like really i'm actually really shocked that like disney hasn't said anything about it. Yeah, I'm 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 curious about that as well. Like at this point, because can they even like erase her stuff? I think they probably could. The thing is though, like if they do, like they're being huge hypocrites though. Like if you think about it because of everything they've like 
uh, the whole Johnny Depp stuff. Like, <laughs> if you know that, like, they're not going to do anything about Johnny Depp, like, they're not probably not going to do anything about this lady. Like, let's be real. Like, um, Disney, well, I mean, they they did it to James Gunn. They dumped James. I mean, yeah, James Gunn, right? James Gunn is James Gunn. Like, I don't know. I feel like. I don't know what they're going to do. They were, because, but James Gunn, they did immediately. Like, they didn't, they've been sitting on this for a while now. Like, they haven't, they haven't even made a comment. Like, they haven't said anything. Like, regardless of for or against, they haven't said anything. So. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's somewhat strategic because, like, really, who cares about Rachel Butera in the grand scheme of things? Like, we as fans do care, but. It's not about that, though. No, no, no. It's, it's a huge thing that's happening right now in our country. And and just, like, Christine Blasey Ford and everything she went through. And just as a survivor, like, knowing how, like, if, if you watched what she was talking about in the hearing, like, it's just, she is, this lady has had to move her entire life outside of her house. And, like, she's in hiding and all this stuff and then like this happens it's just it's not if you don't it, it doesn't matter if you don't support her or if you don't believe what she says like that's fine but like you don't have to mock this woman for having to do probably one of the hardest i something i could never do you know that is just i don't know it no, was what, just a what lot. i meant and was I, that I, like um they'll do whatever they have to do but I think they'll do it quietly, so as they don't, so so as to not distract from the show's premiere, or uh, you know, take or take away. Maybe they wanted the Kennedy announcement to have the spotlight, so maybe they would just do this quietly, and suddenly we'll see a different name in the credits. <clears throat> I don't know if they can do it quietly anymore, though. Like, I don't know if them doing it quietly is going to be enough anymore. Or at like, least, like, if it's not quiet, is, it'll be staggered. Because it was a huge, like, news. Like, it was a huge soundbite. It was, like, a lot of people knew about it. Everyone's talking about it. So, I I mean, I don't know if they... I don't know what they're going to do, actually. But uh, I don't know if if they... It's... There's no win in this situation anymore. It's just... It's really unfortunate. I mean, to be Uh, that... that, And especially... And on her... And just... And not just on Disney's side, but just her as a person. Like, knowing that... It was a really stupid move knowing that you're involved with a children's show and like a huge property, huge children's show. And you're here not exhibiting behavior that is worthy of like children being knowing who you are and seeing this behavior. Like, it's just I don't know. It's, it's just classless. That's it. It's classless. Like well, and not, her, her timing could not have been worse. Like on the oh. day of the testimony and on the day the trailers come out. Like this was a planned thing, at least from you know from Lucasfilm and Disney to get some positive buzz going about this finally. And then yeah. this, it's like oh, yeah. you don't think, McFly. Think. <clears throat> yeah, lady has very bad judgment. Clearly. Anyway, Clearly. let's 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 bring it back up here. <laughs> yeah, but it looks really cool. And it does. just because this lady is a horrible person, it doesn't mean that we should punish the show and the people who have worked their blood, sweat, and tears to make this show incredible. Like, I think, you know, it sucks that she's involved, but I think that it would be a huge disservice to the show and to Star Wars and to everyone who's amazing who does work on this show to be penalized or punished because this person made a bad choice and isn't a good person. Like, 
I yep, don't I think agree with that, that we should boycott it because of that. Like, I, I want to just preface what I said by that. I will still watch the show. I will still enjoy it, even though I'm very disappointed in, in her and, you know, in Disney not saying anything. But I will still support the show. Yeah, I think I think that's well said. And I think that's a very, very fair point. There's a lot of people, like you said, who did a lot of work. And it's yeah. it's an important show in terms of di- diversity and stuff like that. So don't and it employs so many people like yeah so many people like the the editors the color correctors the animators the writers the actors the voice actors like these people they count on the show and they worked really hard and there's hundreds of people who work on the show that the show employs and you know it's it's a huge it's it's not fair to them to penalize them for being good people and working hard and this one person ruining things for them it's not fair so yeah she it's possible to hold her to account while still supporting the show Yeah, exactly all right uh we've got some synopsis well i want to do these real quick because uh we are already we're already like an hour in here so i want to we'll move this along really quickly uh we got some episode synopsis that dropped last week i think i don't know where this came from who reported these let me get this right it's star wars Star Wars Newsnet. Yeah, Star Wars Newsnet covered these. Thanks, guys. Let's let's check this out. So, the recruit part one and two, which airs next week, October seventh. X-wing pilot Kazuda Ziono is recruited recruited for the Resistance, but finds himself in over his head when Poe Dameron assigns him to a remote fueling station to spy on the First Order. Then, after Kaz boasts about being the best pilot around, he is forced to compete in a dangerous sky race. So, we get Oscar Isaac in this one. Which is going to be big. I, I think it's this is your very basic pilot episode where you just introduce the main characters. We're going to get a flashy race sequence or two, and uh, we all look forward to Oscar Isaac's cameo. I think, I think it's a very simple episode. I don't have a lot to say about this. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I think it's a great pilot episode. Uh, Poe sees something in this kid. We're getting a lot of character development. And sends him on this mission that, again, he's not really ready for. So you're, you're seeing this dynamic of the characters starting to develop in that way. And he gets himself in a boatload of trouble and ends up in this race. So it's it's a good way to start the show. Like, get to meet the characters and put them in a situation I like. Yep. Anybody else? Feel free. Like I'm, If you have something to say, you just jump in. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep on rolling. Already then. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm excited that Jim Rash is doing something. I don't know. It's just Fair yeah, enough. like basically the same thing. I'm excited. It's just very straightforward. So Yeah, uh the Triple Dark, October fourteenth, Kaz and BB eight uncover information on an imminent pirate attack and must find a way to stop it. And this episode will feature Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma. And I'm just I'm on my hands and knees praying. Please, when you say pirates, please give us old man Hondo. Oh, yes. I'm sold right off the bat. When you mentioned space pirates, I'm fully 100% on board because of him moving forward and any and all future Star Wars projects. Well, I, you know, I love I think... me my space pod, pod, uh, pirates, man. <laughs> but imagine. I love space So those pirates that we see in that, that trailer. I don't know mm-hmm. that that I mean they look pretty mean. I don't know if that's a uh, that's a Hondo run group, but imagine if one way to restore Phasma is to have her kill off Hondo. Oh no 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 oh. no no! Oh, I'll hate her. 
I'll hate her bad. But that would there be the point. Go. That would be the point. There you go. That's exactly it. <clears throat> but people, I don't, I don't know that people are going to die in this show. Aside from like, you know, a, a TIE fighter explodes and you assume a pilot dies. But otherwise, I don't think we're going to see up close character deaths. I'd be surprised. I'm but, curious about the title in this one a bit, just because of the, of the, the, like it was just triple dark. Okay. Whatever. That's kind of interesting, but the triple dark kind of almost leads me to believe of something like a space phenomena or something like that. Like the Kessel run. It's this thing. Like no one runs the triple dark. You can't do it. Like, like maybe Kaz is going to have to lead these guys into the, the triple dark and kind of loses them. Like only the, the aceiest of ace pilots can do this, you know? And he'll lose them in there, but with yeah. the the, it kind of leads Did me. you just say the aciest of ace pilots? Yeah, they're all aces. <laughs> I know, but aciest? Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, fuel for the fire. Air date, October 21st. Kaz befriends a sky racer named Rucklin, and that's voiced mm-hmm. by Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, a surprise. more hobbitses. <laughs> I actually knew about that because someone said something last week about more hobbits in the galaxy. And I was like, hell yeah. So Rucklin, who pressures Kaz to take some rare and dangerous hyperfuel hidden in Jaeger's office. Now, between The Last Jedi and Solo and Resistance. Oh, it's too much hyperfuel. Fuel, man. It's becoming a big, bigger Ugh. deal as a plot device. I'm not totally sure I, I'm into that. that. That seems like one of those things that it's too easy to use as a plot device. Not necessarily, like, from the really solo perspective, you've got though. the coaxium and, and volume is going to help build the rebellion. And in this case, they're racers. So if he's got this, like, experimental type of fuel, I can very much imagine Elijah Wood's character being kind of like a bad guy, being like, hey, Kaz, like, let's pick that up and use it. But actually, I need it for my own means, kind of, you know, either to beat you in a race or give it to someone who actually wants that technology. Yeah. Well done, Corey. You turned me around on the on the fuel thing now. <laughs> what about, what about every, when I, as soon as I saw Jaeger, I was like, Dean Jaeger. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters. And finally, uh, the High Tower, October 28th. The First Order arrives at the platform for mysterious reasons, and Kaz and BB 8 are determined to sneak into the tower to find out what they want. And this one star, guest stars Donald Faison as Hype Faison. Now, the, my, the sticking point I have with this, again, with the infiltration and sneaking around, like Rebels did that way too much for my liking. And I hope they don't do that here. I know it's it's a spy it's a thing. So that I know he's that. A spy. <laughs> I get that. But geez, please don't put him in a stormtrooper outfit and have him sneaking around acting like a dope. What if it's a red stormtrooper outfit? No, don't. Please, please just <laughs> don't put Kaz in a stormtrooper suit. It's probably gonna happen, bro. I'd say. Oh, that 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 will that will. Bother well, he me. wouldn't be. He'd be in a fort first order. Fine, whether it's Imperial Stormtrooper or First Order Stormtrooper, it's the same thing from a writing standpoint. Let's dress him up as a Stormtrooper. Please. Well, I, I like the fact that it's called Hightower, and I like the fact, like, pr- probably after five episodes, he's starting to come into his own as a character, right? And again, he's probably gonna doubt himself and all that but seeing this go down and knowing that he's kind of almost like the last line of defense he's gonna have to man up and and find out what's going on against his better judgment i think that's kind of interesting sure 
Yeah, I yeah, I'm listen. I'm 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 interested. I'm looking forward to next week getting this thing started and uh, figuring out how we're going to discuss it on the show. Anyway, show. <laughs> what's that, Carlos? Another show. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not doing that. <laughs> All right, that's that. So we're going to grab our break. But as we head into the break, you're now going to hear a promo from our friend Devin at Unmistakably Star Wars. And uh, also from Outer Rim Originals. And he's going to have something pretty cool to share with you guys. I think you guys are going to enjoy this. And like I said, I wouldn't... Yeah, we have our ads on the show that help pay us pay the bills. Otherwise, I wouldn't put it, a promo in the show unless I thought you guys would dig it. So check out what Devin has to say, and we are going to be back in a few minutes. Hey, Tumbling Saber listeners, I hope you're enjoying this great podcast. This is Devin Cleffer from Outer Rim Originals, your online source for limited edition Star Wars artwork from officially licensed Disney and Topps artists. Each Outer Rim Originals artwork has the industry's lowest run of only 45 prints. All limited edition pieces from Outer Rim Originals are printed on archival quality Z-Clay paper, are hand-numbered, signed by the artist, and include a certificate of authenticity from Outer Rim Originals. And because you're a listener of this podcast, Outer Rim Originals is offering you the opportunity to purchase a limited edition signed print with 10% off of your order. Simply head to OuterRimOriginals.com and enter the discount code TumblingSaber, the number 10. That's TumblingSaber, number 10. Then get ready to be the envy of the galaxy with a limited edition signed print from Outer Rim Originals. Remember, OuterRimOriginals.com, discount code TumblingSaber10. That's OuterRimOriginals.com, TumblingSaber10. Now, back to the podcast. So as you just heard, we we're running a promo for the next little while with our friends from Outer Rim, Outer Rim Originals and Unmistakably Star Wars. Uh, so you can score yourself some awesome officially licensed Star Wars artwork at a little discounted price there, which I think is pretty cool. And there are a couple of awesome prints in there. Like, seriously, there's there's a Luke one that I, I know he died when I first saw it. It's so nice. It is unbelievable. It's it's from the moment where Luke stops the First Order in its tracks from The Last Jedi. <gasps> oh, dude, it is so nice. you got to check it out. See that. you really got to check that out. So... Yeah, go go to OuterRimOriginals.com, as Devin said. And if you're interested, just uh, use the promo code. And if you've got any questions about any of that, uh, feel free to hit me up. And they're really, really incredible. I got the Destroyer one from their first round when they first started doing the partnership. And it's beautiful. So, And it comes really nicely packed as well. There you go. Testimony. Testimonials. Social proof. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Carlos, do you want to take Neil's question first? I'd love to, yes. So Our benefactor? Neil, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, Neil writes, Hi, everyone. Firstly, the show keeps on getting better and better. Uh, secondly, I might be losing some limbs so Michelle can get some funds into her account. Just kidding. Uh, anyways, here's my question. What do you see the marketing strategy for episode nine? Will JJ do another force for change video to tease some background elements in the movie? Your insight, I'm sure, will be interesting. As to my question last week about winning the lottery, uh, Star Wars fandom has already hit the jackpot with Tumbling Saber. May the force be with you. Oh. Neil. Neil. Love you, Neil. Neil's the best. He's <laughs> the best. Uh, Neil, again, as always, incredibly nice of you to say, and, and Neil's going to make it a more regular thing to, uh, get some questions here in on the pod, which is awesome. 
Uh, so, I love it. I think I think it's an awesome question that he, that he sends in this week about the marketing angle of Episode Nine. Uh, given what's going on in Star Wars right now, it really I, I I would love to know how Lucasfilm is going to approach Episode Nine, given what's going on, uh, and especially you know with the year and a half gap. Like, how are they going to uh, f- treat this movie, uh, Michelle? What do you think they're going to do marketing wise for Episode Nine? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's two strategies that I think are probably going to make sense um, that could work either way. I, I think they might because they're they were talking about the slowdown. So uh, and it's the finale and notoriously, obviously, with Star Wars, they're very protective of the material and the story of what's going to happen. They don't like spoiling um so because this has kind of been touted as the end of the skywalker saga um it's interesting to see i don't know if they're gonna go for the traditional jj like um we're not gonna say anything and we're just gonna market it super mysteriously and not really give much of kind of like they're not going to go too heavy handed with the marketing. I feel like they might, they might do a little bit more of like a, I don't know. I, I it's really hard to say because they could either go really hard and push it or they could kind of do this kind of like um, protecting the story kind of thing where they own, they're very careful and selective about how much material they give out just because it's the very end. Like, like it's not just the end of this trilogy, but it's the end of this epic saga of, of this family, um, or so they're saying. So uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I it's, I I feel like it's just any anything goes right now. Like I because I, pushing it super hard didn't really work, but then didn't really work. But also they're trying to slow down. But then also going like super not pushing for marketing like they did with solo where they were kind of missed the ball a little bit and they weren't really kind of notifying us when certain like when we could buy our pre like when tickets were going for sale on um star wars day or um you know those things like they weren't really following up so i feel like the best thing to do would be kind of like to um pave through that myth a little bit like give us a little more than they did with solo but i don't think they should be pushing as much as they did with um the last jedi i feel like they're not going to go that like they're not going to give us as much as that i think they're going to pull back a little bit more than last jedi but then they're going to it's going to be in between last jedi and solo like the amount of so you don't don't think they're going to do like full blanket coverage everywhere no i i don't i don't know like i don't I feel like they could, but because, I mean, you could, it, that's one option, but I feel like because it's the ending, like they're not going to want to leave that to chance that they could give away too much that like certain people who are very hardcore, who like analyze every single shot and uh, everything could, that not even those people could guess what happens. I think they're going to be very protective about this ending because JJ yeah. oh, has for sure, for sure. in the That's past, his thing. like, 
yeah, he's filmed like the mystery box. People, yeah, they've he they filmed multiple scenes for JJ film endings. They wrote different scenes and they make them shoot different kinds, so not even the actors know how it's going to end. Like JJ is very notorious with like finales being very complicated and shrouded with secrecy to the point where not even the the actors who are playing the roles know which ending is going to be the ending. So. Yeah. Like, he's very, very careful with, like, he won't even tell the actors how it's going to end so that they can't spoil it. So yeah, he's, he's very frustrating I, that way. Yeah, so I, I just really don't see it being as illuminative of, as we want it to be. But I don't think they're going, cause, but I don't think they're going to pull it as far back as they did with Solo because that clearly affected <laughs> a few of work. the numbers. You know, it didn't work. And they, I think they, they need, and if anything, if that's kind of what they were trying to experiment with how much marketing they should be doing, I think it was a good lesson to understand like how much marketing is too much marketing and how much marketing is not enough marketing. Um, yeah. But it, it's a very, uh, Star Wars is a sweet spot. It's hard because when you're not marketing that film, you're still marketing Star Wars in a huge way because there's so many other things that Star Wars is involved in in our daily life, like shows, uh, Celebration Next Year, uh, Galaxy's Edge. Like, there's Star Wars is always in the news. Like, we're always ingesting some sort yeah, of it's Star always, Wars. Thing. It's always front of mind. Yeah, so, like, taking that into consideration, plus the fact that this is just a huge conclusion. So there's already a lot of, like, hype. But um, I don't know how much they're going to kind of give us. I think it's going to be on the on the bleaker side of us not getting as much mm. as, as we would want. I like that take. But I think that's a good thing. I don't know. Personally, I, I don't want too much anyway because I, I want to be surprised still a little bit when I do go to the movies. Like, I do want a little bit of surprise. Um, you know, I want them to surprise me in a good way. So yeah. I'd rather that. But that's I think a, that's of, No, it's a very valid take. I wonder what's Carlos. What are you going to say about this? I have no idea what you're going to do. Uh, I'm I'm going to say that uh, everything that Michelle said sounds sounds about right. But I mean, we really don't know exactly um, what what I feel is that, um, like after announcing the slowdown, I think they really do want to take better care of the whole thing. So no matter what they do, uh, it, it's it's not going to be willy nilly. They're 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 going to really batten down the hatches, and I think what they're doing right now is probably the pre production to a year long uh, marketing campaign for Episode Nine. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, no, I, th- I think they're really, really uh, breaking it down and deciding uh, when we should uh, do this, when we should release that. Uh, uh, celebrations on this day, so we're going to be releasing this trailer. And th- I mean, I'm just I'm speaking theoretically now. Like, obviously, they don't know which trailer they're going to release, but like, I'm sure there are ideas and there are lines and things that they know that they want to tease the public with. Uh, and, but they, you know, once again, what Michelle said, they're not going to give us too much, uh, especially considering it's the last film of a trilogy. Like you don't want to spoil anyone. Like it's a lot easier to throw, uh, breadcrumbs, uh, for the first movie of a trilogy. Uh, I think it's a layup actually. 
The Force Awakens is going to go down as probably the easiest layup in movie history, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and um, I, I really don't hate the movie, guys. <laughs> I just want to reiterate that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I think, you know, people talk about how, oh, yeah, the you know, oh, they, they really muffed Solo and they did this and they did that. Considering where it was placed, what, um, like, put aside the expectations. Being in between Infinity War and Deadpool and and a couple of months removed from Black Panther and Solo did well. It's it's almost four hundred million dollar like uh, take. Now, obviously, you know, having to reshoot eighty percent of the movie doesn't <laughs> you know kind of bloats your budget, but that's a, that movie should have made money at, at, at what it took in. Now imagine if it was this December, how much that that movie would have would have it would have done better it would, for sure. It would have done, done better. better. Not necessarily. There's a lot out this December as well. We got Spider Man, Mary Poppins, Aquaman. Yeah, I and mean, which one of those is going to touch Infinity War's numbers? Exactly. Spider Man. I like Spider Man. No, but good. still, it's animated. It's not the same. It, it won't be the same. No, it, it's, I'm it's, more excited for Venom. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Alfie Solomons. How could you not love that guy? Oh, he's amazing. So, Corey, what's your take on all this? I can't agree, uh, disagree too much with what Michelle and Carlos have both said. Like, I always feel like you can't really almost compare standalones to saga films. It's a totally, it's apples and oranges. And not only that, Solo had its own set of circumstances that kind of, you know, made that situation a whole lot different. Uh, but for sa- saga films in general, just have like a totally different vibe. I don't know. Um, I think they have to go a di- bit of a different route with this film. Again, like they'd both said, it's the end of an era. It's the end of a saga. Every beginning has an end. I think they really have to play on that. But again, in the same regard, it's a tightrope walk for them like how far can they go how far can they not go like me personally as a fan and especially being episode nine i want to be teased to the to the maximum you know and i think jj is the guy to do that like i think there's a lot of mystery surrounding this thing and i think they should play on that and like carlos has said i think they have a big marketing schedule and plan in place but I don't want to be spoiled. The Last Jedi didn't spoil anything. I think that film, uh, what we saw in the trailers and all that, we were just grasping at straws from well, what we like eventually if, ended up seeing. Like so far, they've been. I mean, for us as hardcore fans, maybe the misdirects haven't worked quite as well because we're kind of onto them. But for the average moviegoer. Who you know tunes in and goes, oh wow, new Star Wars movie. Check this out. Oh cool, look at that Finn dude. Let, there's the new Jedi. They're yeah. not that. That was a misdirect intended to keep you away from the the thought that the, the truth. Thought, yeah, yeah, the truth that Ray was really uh, the main hero. Uh, so they've, I mean, they've they've misdirected. Uh, the Last Jedi, of course, didn't give away anything in terms of the big uh, subversions that took place. And then you know JJ doing nine again. I'm more interested in the tone 
that they're going to convey and like what angles they're going to tease in the marketing and I guess specifically the trailers. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to say anything really groundbreaking here, but you know, of course we've all said like this being the conclusion to the saga, allegedly, they're going to want to convey a sense of finality and epic action and the promise of surprises and plot twists and consequences, all that stuff. They're going to hit on all that. And I, I don't know what the mood of fandom will be in a year and a half from now, but if there's any of that, you know, lingering bitterness, and I, I, I guess there's no reason to think there won't be. People are really vindictive and and they have long memories. Uh, I think a lot of what they show will need to not give that squeaky wheel reason to complain. You know, like the mouthy segment of fandom who make themselves. <laughs> well, you know, make make ten men feel like a hundred. That's what these guys are. They kind of just talk so much and so often and so loudly that they've kind of tricked everybody, including themselves, into thinking they're a bigger group than they really are. So I think you don't want to give these people oxygen to scuttle episode nine before it even hits. So I think the, a lot of what we get will be like very action oriented the kind of stuff that you hope episode nine will be. And I think, I think they'll give us spoonfuls of that stuff. So people go, Ooh, look at that huge space battle that they're teasing us with. Great. And you know, on the, on the other side, they know the things that we're anxious about and where, what happens with Kylo and Ray Raylo, is that going to be a thing? They know this. So I think they'll tease that. They'll make us think, oh my god, they're going to do Raylo. Oh my god, this is... And wherever your your stance is on that, you'll either be really pissed or really happy about that. But I, I, I really think, you know, they'll they'll hit hard on the action of, of it all. That's that's kind of my take. And I, I kind of think they're going to do... Be everywhere. You know what I mean? They're going to they're gonna want to have a big, ginormous, almost The Force Awakens-esque performance at the box office so I, and to do that you need to be everywhere so i think you know, there'll be tv spots like crazy and billboards and that's just me i think i think they'll, they'll really do a whole full court press on this stuff and yeah it's being the end of the saga come on yeah and that well that's that's painting themselves into a corner because we've talked at length in other episodes about is this really the end though and so if the they're going to advertise saga. yeah if they're going to advertise this as the end of the saga, it has to be the end. It's really good. I just just want them to, in the long run, like it's again, it's a tightrope. Like we want this much, but not that much. You know, you know what I mean? Like we, we want to be teased and we want to be, in my opinion, I want to be personally be brought to like a fever pitch, a boiling point. You know, we're like seething for this stuff at a point, like, cause we have no idea where it's going. And I really hope that they're able to convey that in the the trailer and stuff like that. And I think JJ is a good guy to do that. And I think they will recognize, again, like Carlos and everybody had said, that being Disney, they're going to pay big attention to this being a saga film. Like, I think they're really going to pay attention to the marketing. And I think that's going to be like, it's a good question, Neil, because I think it's going to be a big thing moving forward. So, yeah, yeah, how they market this movie is going to be a big, 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 big deal. Big deal for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, 
the tagline from the Phantom Menace was every every saga has a beginning. I would not be surprised if they tagged this with every saga has an end. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm so would not close sh- fitting. And, th- and that's a very superficial way to tie them all together, right? They said they'd be doing that in these with this episode nine is tying the prequels to the originals to the sequels. It's all going to fit together. That's one way to do that through the marketing. So I wonder, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Like I, even the last Jedi did that. Like think back to that celebration teaser where Luke, it ends where Luke says it's time for the Jedi to end. We were all pulling out our hair. That was that think like really think back to that moment where we saw Luke say that. And we were like, Oh my God, I can't believe he said Seriously? that. Seriously. Why you be like that, Luke? And then think to the final trailer around Canadian Thanksgiving time, so early October, mid-October, um, when we saw uh, Kylo extend his Ray, his hand towards Ray, saying, "Join me." And then like we see her put out. I think do we see her put out her hand? Anyway, it's it's cut from two different different two parts different of scenes. the movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but you know. Again, fan, hardcore fans kind of figured that out because lighting's different and sparks in the background there, but not that we figured it out. But yeah, different costume. Yeah, there, there was there was differences that gave it away. But to the casual fan, go, going, oh my god, they're going to shack these two up. Like these are all things that they know. We want to know more about badly, so they'll they they will dangle all that stuff in front of us. So there we go, Neil. I hope that helps to answer the question a little bit. All right, so who wants to read Dan Miles' question? I can take it. I just got to find it here. Hang on. Okay, I got it. And do it in Clone Wars style. <laughs> in what way will Leia footage be used in Episode 9? Flashbacks or real time? And has temptation to use footage made wrapping up the saga? A little bit more difficult, script-wise. <laughs> <laughs> you sound more like Don Pardo. By the way, that was from Matt. Sounded more like Don Knotts. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, uh, before we start, let's another congrats to give it on the show. Dan recently got married, so congratulations, nice. sir. Um, yeah, like, I, th- I personally think the layout footage will be modify it'll be it'll be real-time leia footage i don't think we're gonna do flashbacks with her that's that is my i'm convinced of that i don't think we're doing flashbacks at all and to answer his other question like i wrapping up the saga must have been incredibly difficult to do when you factor in carrie's death like we we can't be certain but we're pretty sure that uh, Colin Trevorrow losing his job had part had something to do with with the handling of Leia. This is it's pure conjecture that's never been publicly confirmed or even speculated on by anybody with info on the deal. But it had to be, you know. And of course, it's a very touchy thing. And now that JJ's got the reins, he's got a very fine line to walk with Leia. Like she's got to me, like she's got to do important things in the movie and not just be a part of the scenery. Um, you know what I mean? Like just have her there. Oh, there's Leia. She's see, she's still there. Like I, to me, that would suck. She's got to do something. She's got to have a function in the, uh, in the movie, but I don't know. Carlos, what do you think? Uh, I'm very, very, very scared. Very I, scared. I don't very, yeah, extremely. 
tremendously huge. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I really don't. Like, do do I think that they're they might he might try to he might bite off more than he could chew and and. I don't know. I don't know what uh, I would have. I, I'm, I'm going to go out on this limb and say I would prefer that they write her out in the crawl. Oof. 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 Boo. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Boo, yeah. Boos and hisses. No, I just I, I'm afraid, guys, honestly, because I if you too. look at I mean, if you look at the scenes from uh, The Force Awakens and from The Last Jedi, just you're not getting the best Carrie Fisher. You're not getting the best Leia. And it's and and they're taking the stuff that made the cutting room floor to try to tell a story. Like, why is my voice like this right now? Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I really don't know, guys. Baton, pass. Michelle, you want to pick it up from there? Oh, sorry, I was muted. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm... Uh, it could be either way. Um, I don't think that it might be more difficult script wise. I mean, I think they're going to be taking a lot of care and consideration into how they're going to do that. Um, making this script work with the footage they have. Um, like, at least from what I understand, it seems like they, they could, they had time to like rework certain parts of the script, or at least like the whole script wasn't completely done by the time she was gone. Um, so I think that, you know, they'll come up with a way to hopefully, um, make it work. Uh, I hope they just, they don't go, I'd rather them not be super heavy on the Leia stuff. Like, I think they just need to like, like how people, uh, was it who said it? Like, I think Coco Chanel said, like, before you leave your house, take two accessories off of your outfit. So like, it's just kind of like that. Like, I think they should, they shouldn't, they should probably like pull a little bit more back from like how much they want to use. I don't know. I, I, I feel like they should be a little light on the footage um and that it shouldn't i don't know i don't want them to bungle it like it's it's so hard to i'm kind of like a little nervous too like i it's hard to say like but i think there will be flashback stuff just because i think it'll be hard to story-wise like have her be in real time and then kill her off like early in the film, I think it'll just be more powerful or like story wise, it'll be easier to digest if it's at, if like we know that she's dead or die, dying or whatever. And then it is flashback kind of where they're trying to reconcile these last moments or things she said. I don't know, but I, I don't see how the story would work if they had everything in real time and then they just like kill her off. I mean, I guess it could work. I don't know. I, I think they should just <laughs> do the funeral thing. I don't, I just, it's so hard to say, but I, I would prefer them not. I would prefer 
it to be flashback and it be established that she's dead. Um, I just think it's just easier that way. I don't know. I just, I, it doesn't, from a story wise, like I don't see how they would like have her and then kill her in like the first 10 minutes or something like that would just impact the, I mean, Oh, uh, ah, just move on. <laughs> it's just hard. I don't know. I, I still like I prepped this question, but I still I don't like I prepped both sides of it, and I I don't agree with each side that I I know I made. Like I, it's I, hard. I feel the same way. Because well, if, if, if they go all the way with Leia, you it's it, you risk stretching the credibility of of what you're yeah. doing. But if you write I, her out, it's like you risk doing a disservice to the character it's it's exactly. really a, it's really a, a very fine line but Corey, take it from there well i think it's a great question like because like you guys are just debating it amongst yourselves like this however whatever it is that happens with this character is going to be under the microscope in a big way not only amongst us hardcore fans but amongst the media and everything it's it's all going to be under scrutiny so we have that to deal with and the fact that they actually chose to use this stuff. So uh, flashbacks, I think it's possible. I think the best thing, the way to look at it is this story was supposed to be Leia's story. And, you know, we've all talked about having confidence in the team at Lucasfilm and Disney, what they've been able to accomplish and what they have at their disposal. So whatever they filmed that they did have of Leia, they've obviously obviously talked about this for for odds on end, like forever. Like they see what they have, they know what they can work with. And the best thing is, how is Leia's character gonna further serve this story? And we know she has connections to several characters. Ray, well, Chewie kind of, but I mean that's kind of irrelevant at this point, I would think. She called him a walking carpet. Yeah. Either way, like Ray. But like lovably yeah. so. Yeah, she ends up, she <laughs> loves Chewie in the long run, but th- that's not what's serving the story, right? We've got Ray, which is pertinent for the Force. And we have Poe, which is pertinent for the leadership of the Resistance. And then we have Kylo, her son. So in this having supposed to have been her film, that's a lot of storyline to tackle. So I can see kind of flashbacks maybe possibly coming into effect here where, you know, if she does, if they don't use her at the beginning of the film, they can kind of flash back on stuff to as to why they are in the position they are. Like, Leia told me this, or I did le- this with Leia, or maybe she's able to reach Kylo. I, I don't know, but what it does say to me is that the amount of footage they have, what they've the route they have decided to take makes sense to the film, serves the story, and will do respect to Carrie Fisher. Like, I have full confidence in that at this point. And when he says, if it changed the script, yes, it did in a big way. Like Kyle had pointed out, I think Trevorrow was pretty much out the door because he just couldn't adapt with what happened. Like, they were so dependent on her character. And who knows what happened back then? Like, JJ must have been like, you know, we got to loophole this somewhere. Like, he was creative enough to have put in the work, whereas. 
I don't think though it's just it's just about being creative. I think that you know when you're dealing with working with actors who have reached a certain age, you do kind of need to have some sort of insurance if you're planning on having this span this the story that spans like a number of years that you're filming on. Um, because regardless of whether or not like you're at a you know the age of people passing away has gotten to be higher than it was before. You know, there in, in the industry, there have been a lot of deaths or, you know, there's illnesses or things like that. And you have to report like medical stuff. Like when you go onto a set and you sign on to a film, you have to get a physical and like, there's a certain amount of insurance that's on every actor. And so I think that because they knew that this last film was Leia's film, I'm, I think that they had, that a big reason why they have this extra footage is because they started filming a lot of this footage in anticipation of this final film, just in case she did pass away, you know, because it does happen. Like there has been movies where, you know, a lead character or the actor as they're getting older passes away and they're kind of left, you know, a little bit scrounging. And because this movie is this, this franchise is so enormous and they had this plan that it was going to be her final final film and this was going to be her story i'm I'm pretty sure that that it was part of they shot a lot of that probably to begin with where maybe they plan to reshoot it later but they may they probably blocked and and shot and filmed you know versions of things that they were planning on using because she is you know getting older and i think that that's just the people who are making the film being smart about protecting the story and, the and that, that says a lot like for like their like vision you know like being able to uh, like be secure for stuff like that like i kind of agree with you but in, at the same time like i don't think they went exactly that far like yes i think there's a lot of stuff we necessarily haven't seen but again like in the long run i just think trevorrow wasn't able to handle the whole mishap like it just totally debunked his plan. Like sadly to say, like the tragedy that it is. Like I'm sure producers at the same time when Carrie passed were like smacking their heads. Like God damn it, this is gonna put us in a pickle, a pickle and a half. Like Carrie being the youngest of the original trilogy as well. Like kind of somewhat unexpected, but at the same time, like I think they had somewhat of a contingency plan. But what JJ has been able to do, I think he's really been the one to take the helm and be like, okay, we can do this, this. Like, For sure, there's several options on the table with what they have available to them. And I think whatever they've chosen, I have full confidence that they're going to use that to, to serve Leia, Carrie, and the story in a poignant way where we're all going to – we're going to feel it in the heartstrings still too. They have to. And I, I wonder this, this, you know, kind of uh, goes back to Neil's question about marketing. I wonder if they use her at all in a mm. trailer or in any of the yeah. marketing. And I think that's a huge clue as to how much uh, Leia could be in the movie. Good point. I do, I do also see them potentially going for the nostalgia factor. And instead of using new shots or stills or images of Carrie in order to market this last film, they might take some old iconic images of Carrie and use those to market. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I kind of see that like black and white photos of her, like 
um, in R2 with the new hope. And I, I feel, I see that marketing campaign of like, um, like saying like, let's say goodbye or like our, the final, you know, saga or like, just like the, you know, I, I feel them kind of playing on that by, I feel like that's a route they can go um, that wouldn't spoil the, this movie and how our involvement and won't cause any speculation to happen because as soon as they show any like still image, like people are going to analyze that so hard. And I don't know if they're going to want that or if I mean, it depends on what they want, but I kind of do see it working if they just use that, the old images of her and being like, come tune in. And this is the final episode that you're going to get to see play mm-hmm. out and like this is you've you've been with her story this whole time from the 80s like you've stuck in there and we're going to conclude this story like i feel like that's a really good marketing arm to go on to that, that wouldn't that could work that would work for, for sure. everyone yeah they could also i mean alternate alternately they could use her music her theme song as, as part Ooh, of the marketing which yeah. which i mean speaks to us as much as any image but yeah um so we had an over we said an over under at some point we, the last time we spoke about leia we said how much how many more times are we going to go to this well and i think we set the over under at four <laughs> here's number one yeah and we're gonna, definitely going to hit the over on this yeah you, you might be right i think i took the under at three yeah you did so i don't know one down i've got i've got two more kicks at this can before before i bust all right dan thanks for the leia question um yeah it's it's an important one and again again this is something they know that we're anxious about at lucasfilm so i think they will want to uh soothe soothe those fears if they can in any way without giving away too much with regards to leia the leia question definitely not a layup (laughs) No. no no a huge sticking point for nine All right, so we move on to our final question of tonight. It is from Rick. And so Rick says this week, what was that? (laughs) It's a poltergeist. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's try try that again. Rick says, with all the episode nine news sure to ramp up soon, I wanted to ask you guys about the feeling you got in the days leading up to and then sitting down to watch TFA for the first time. We, my fiance and I, went the Sunday after open. She's known about my love of the franchise, but this was our first Star Wars film as a couple. We started dating in 2007. When the lights dimmed, I told her that I might start crying. I was half joking. When the prequels came out, I didn't get very emotional when the opening salvo of John Williams blasted out of the speakers. With episode 7, the second the words a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away emerged, I lost my breath. And then and then the music hit, and I was a blubbering mess. Things were different with TFA because now I had my son to share these new stories with. Backstory. My dad took me to see Return of the Jedi back in 83. I was five at the time. I saw it a few times over that summer with one of my uncles, as well, and I loved it every time I saw it. Cut to a few months later, and my dad was gone. He died Thanksgiving weekend that year. Return of the Jedi was my therapy movie for years because of the father-son bond in the movie. When our son was born, the OT became a different set of stories because now I was the elder statesman of Star Wars in the house. 
TFA took me right back to being five again in a way that I hadn't expected. I took my son, who coincidentally was five at the time, on my own to see TFA a few days later after we saw it, and I turned to look at his face as the opening crawl scrolled, scrolled by. His face was magic. Jeez, I'm tearing up thinking about it now. He was so into just the words on the screen, let alone the story that he was about to experience, or he was going to experience in a few moments. Later, when Han and Kylo have that silent moment on the walkway of Starkiller, my son said, Daddy, you have to be close to me, like he knew some bad shit was going to happen. And it did. My son Isaac yelled in the theater when Han fell and we cried together. When the movie ended, he and I talked about it. He loved it, obviously, and I got to be five with him for a while. TFA was the spark that ignited a different kind of bond between my son and I, and in a strange way, me and my dad. I'd love to hear what you all felt the first time you saw TFA and the first time you shared TFA with someone. Thanks for a great and fun show, and may the Force be with you. And guys, that might be the best thing I've ever read on the podcast. Yeah, beautiful story. That was super yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it was really amazing. Thanks for that, Rick. Uh, who wants to kick this one off first? Corey, you want to you want to take a stab at this? Yeah. Well, honestly, again, I just want to reiterate that that was super nice, Rick. Like, like, just thanks for sharing, man. Like, honestly, like that's a really cool coincidental story and a touching one at that, man. Like, that's something like makes me think of like Star Wars as a whole as stages in our life. Like you said, like watching it as a kid it's just the perspectives you know and then the prequels came out i had the chance i was like a, i was 18 years old when the phantom menace came out and that was just something as well and then we got the news that disney had acquired lucasfilm and that was the year my son was born and i i swear to god like it, this is nowhere reaches that but i remember so well just thinking like star wars like my kid like i get to experience this with him now and i always wondered where both our lives would be by the time the phantom menace came or uh the force awakens came out so like when it came out like it was it was a great night like we had uh unfortunately carlos wasn't there but you know james was there and we we had the somewhat of the crew and it was we we went out prior and I've said this many times on the pod prior, but I don't know, man. It was either a mix of the the anxiety, the coffee, or the drugs. I don't know, but I, I really <laughs> attribute it more toward the, the coffee, honestly, at this point. But I don't know. There was a lot of anxiety prior. And in that theater, like very similar to the opening scene of The Force Awakens where Finn is, you know descending to Jakku and that like on and off like I had I thought I was having a heart attack for the first time in my life I was like in a complete panic like I had just taken CPR courses not too long prior and I was just about to literally go hide in the bathroom that's how close I was to like leaving the theater like I think I drank a liter of cola in like 20 minutes which didn't play well after Anyhow, eventually it passed, but uh, all in all, a great night. Uh, a little older at the time, so totally, again, different perspective, different anticipation level. But again, this is like our baby in a way. You know, it's like uh, backing your high school team or your sports team, whatever it is. 
you have that thing where you just want it to be good. And I think that was a big part of it too. But just all that anticipation, the weight, it it was honestly amazing. And unfortunately, I didn't get to share it with my son, but just that whole experience of where he was, where I was. And I don't know, it's having it back is just, just such a gift to all our lives. No doubt. Yeah, well said. Uh, Michelle, how, how was uh, The Force Awakens in your experience? Um, I watched The Force Awakens with my mom. She was in town, I think, for the holidays. Um, I don't really remember much about, like, that time in my life, because it was, like, right around when um, I had gotten spinal surgery. Like, so a lot of that period in my time of time in my life was, like, mostly like painkillers and like um, just medical stuff. But I remember going to see my mom, going to see it with my mom and Marina Del Rey. And it was like, not at the, um, there's this, it's right. At, there's like two movie theaters, like right by my old place. And one is like the AMC dine-in that I talk about a lot, which is like 21 and over. They have alcohol and like, food and there's all the chairs that kind of are bark loungers and they all kind of lean back and at the time like because my spine was really it my back was really um tight because it was I was regrowing my lumbar discs from scratch from stem cells I was like really nervous because we could only get a, a showing at the movie theater across the street from that one which had normal seats and I was really concerned about having to sit that long um in a movie theater and I was like really nervous but um it was really fun and uh there was a lot of kids so it was really loud but it was exciting to see it I think in that setting because um there were families around me and I think it actually lended to a positive a more positive experience um because I got to be there in a room with a lot of families who were having a similar experience to Rick where um you know they were getting to share this really important franchise with their children and getting to introduce them to a whole new era of star Wars. And I thought that was really cool um, to see just because I was with my mom and um, I got to see the prequels with my parents um, in Japan when they came out. And um, in a way it was kind of bittersweet for me because it was like my, my dad had passed away and it was like the first new star Wars that had happened without him. Um, so it was bittersweet for me. Uh, it was really cool to see. I really loved getting to see um, just that opening sequence uh, was really powerful and, and really amazing to see just a woman being um, kind of like the badass and the Jedi and not just like a badass because, you know, Leia is, really strong as a character um but it was different to see a woman holding a lightsaber or that I, there are certain things and aspects of that movie that I was disappointed by um at the time because I just I felt like there was like I remember there's a scene where uh the there she's fighting Kylo with the lightsabers and then there's like a huge crack in the ground and it was just it felt really convenient for me and I was like no I wanted her to like uh beat him on power not circumstance but um you know I mean now looking back I understand a lot more of the choices I remember feeling frustrated but I think it was mostly just because I was so 
excited by the prospect of this new era having a female, you know, fighter yeah, main, main in the live action. Yeah, exactly. Like, not just someone who exists to support, you know, a male protagonist story. Not that I think that Leia is that, but at the beginning, it was very much like she wasn't, she, it was a triad, but the main guy was Luke, and then, then it was Han, and then it was Leia to me, like at the beginning. I think over time it's changed, but that very first film felt that way. And I think it's just, I mean, it's based on a Japanese film, and, you know, it just comes with cultural stuff and all of that. But it was really cool to see, and it meant a lot to me, and getting to share that with my mom was really important to me too, because. I don't live with my mom anymore. So she was in town for Christmas and it was something we got to do together. And we always go see movies for Christmas. And um, it was really special to get to see a Star Wars movie that's new for Christmas with my mom, the two of us. I have photos of us and the theater before we're, the movie came on. And I have a framed one in my house. It's just us like in a movie theater. It's so stupid, but I just, it's like a really important moment to me. So it was really great, and um, I think I've seen every new Star Wars film that came out with my mom, actually, which has been a really great tradition for me. Nice. And um, yeah, it was it really meant a lot, and um, it was nice. I wish my dad could have been there, but um, getting to still kind of keep this tradition, it did kind of feel like he was with us in a way. Um, so it was really nice and special, and I I think it's. It's really cool, and that's who I shared mine with. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really sad. nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, these movies are so important to us. I mean, geez, like, like TFA for me, it was it was so full of emotion, but in a in a much different way than than the Phantom Menace. Like the Phantom Menace, you know, I, I was twenty one when it came out, so I, I was just full of the you know the energy of of a young guy who you know a, a barely adult really, who grew up on the OT and I had nothing going on that summer except for my excitement in this franchise. And man, I was just so amped for that. But TFA was different in that it really felt like a return from the dead. And at that point, I I had a family to share it with, just just like Rick said. Like I, I echo so much of what Rick said. And like being able to share this with my kids at this point is, it's the coolest part along with uh, you know having this podcast and having you guys in this this community um yeah just being able to do this with my kids and and see them getting into it is is so gratifying um but yeah my my f- i guess the first viewing in theater it was surreal it really was it was just really really out of this world and i i, I still couldn't believe that we were at this dawn of a new era of star wars but in the back of my mind, I was like, it's back and it's never going away. Like I knew I, I, I suspected. And over the years we came to sort of come to that realization that it's way more, this is going to be way more than the trilogy. Like Disney is going to just squeeze, like squeeze this lemon forever. And star Wars is never going to go away for on us again. And I was so happy about that. Um, and yeah, of course you, you I watched the whole movie and enjoyed it very much. And I was super invested in Ray and in Finn and Poe and the new guys. It didn't even bother me at all that, that Luke was not in the movie. And I guess, you know, I was, I was very spoiled on TFA, like 
80% of it had, had I'd been spoiled on accurately. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so, the, you know, I, I was fully prepared for no Luke and that did it. It didn't bother me. It didn't affect my viewing at all. Um, and then uh, skipping ahead to the first time I took my kids, I, I think I feel like I took them, I don't know, a, a couple weeks, maybe three, four weeks into the run. My daughter was five. She had just turned five at the time. My son was still a, basically a baby. He was like a year and a half. And to this day, she loves Star Wars. And my son loves Star Wars. Like, they're crazy about it. And he was a disaster at when we took him to CTFA because he was, he was crying and running all over the theater. He was a mess. Uh, a different story for The Last Jedi. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it made my heart grow three sizes. Uh, you know, earlier this year, when out of the blue, my son looks up at me and he's he was closer to four then he's he's past four and a half now but he says daddy i like the movie where luke says i will not be the last jedi hmm. like out of the blue that comes out of his mouth like he's sitting a little little four-year-old guy is just sitting there thinking about that you know that that, that made me so happy just to hear him say that um yeah like i don't know like, go go back and, and and listen to uh you know, when I read Rick's question, like I, I echo so much of what he said. Like, it, it sort of spoke to me in, in a very real way in his story. Of course, fortunately, uh, Corey and I, we still have our dad and he's, he's kind of into this stuff on a, you know, very superficial level, but he liked uh, solo. <clears throat> yeah, he did like solo. Although, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not really been a thing I've shared with my parents to, to any big extent. Like they've always just sort of, They've indulged us in this, and when we had it on as kids, like they'd watch it or they wouldn't. It's but it's not a big thing to them. Like it's not a thing we really share with them. You should have heard, heard mom today when she was with me when I picked up those vintage uh, figures. Really? Oh God! Why does he want these? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like, again, Rick said that kind of this was like, uh, like Jedi was his therapy movie. Yeah, I guess in a, in a different sense, like this, Star Wars is sort of my therapy for like a blanket therapy thing. But yeah, I, I yeah, The Force Awakens was, was a huge moment in Star Wars fandom for me, for all of us, really. There's no getting around that. And you know, the hype before it was was insane. I I still I I don't know how I weigh the uh, the hype for the Force Awakens versus the Phantom Menace. So different. It all depends on where you were in your life. Oh, I know. Just like in in terms of of the sheer volume of it, I, I don't know. And I almost lean towards Phantom Menace to be honest. Yeah, I I almost give that one the edge. It was just absolutely crazy, crazy. But so was the Force Awakens. I don't know. Uh, Carlos, I'm I'm rambling. Reel me in here, buddy. Yeah. Uh. Well, for me, I um. For me, I had planned to uh to to go to the movie with the kids uh that weekend, and I got a call. Uh, I mean, opening weekend, like on the Saturday afternoon. Um, but I had got a call from a friend of mine, a, a fellow musician and uh, a bandmate uh, from different projects. And uh, he's like, oh, well, uh, you know, I got uh, tickets to the premiere. 
if you want to come along and i was like uh, well yeah obviously and uh so i uh, was blown away by the movie man i i honestly i echo a little bit of of rick's sentiment of getting emotional during the uh a long time ago uh, in a galaxy far far away and and just the opening notes of the uh just it felt like a ton of bricks smashed me right in the face uh from just from the right away from that opening crawl and uh, it really um it really pushed a lot of buttons uh, I, I i was very emotional during that uh during the opening crawl and uh, that's a credit to john williams obviously and uh I think my love for that movie, uh, um, <laughs> the majority of the credit needs to go to John Williams. So, uh, yeah, it was huge. And then I saw it again um, on the Saturday uh, after opening night, and I brought the kids. And uh, Ryan was just gonna—he was gonna turn four. And when I say Ryan, I mean Jr. Uh, he was—he was gonna turn four um, a month later, and uh, my. Uh, Miguel and James were three years younger than they are now, and uh, <laughs> and they they no they loved it and it was I mean it was really cool but I think the thing that the Force Awakens that really really affected me was was uh, listening to uh, Tumbling Saber and uh, just uh, getting to um, uh, Kyle we had known each other previously but. Um, just getting to know uh, you guys and uh, you know Corey and James and I, it, it there was something about because I loved Star Wars growing up and it kind of gave me like a sense of uh, <laughs> belonging. Yeah, exactly that. Sorry, I'm getting a little <laughs> verklempt a little bit. And uh, it's talk amongst kinda... yourself. <laughs> I'll give you a topic. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but it's, I mean, it's actually, it's actually quite true. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm very close with my sons and I've, uh, it's Star Wars didn't bring me any closer to them. It, all it did was let us bond over something that, that I already liked. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Tumbling Saber crew and, and, and through Tumbling Saber getting to know, uh, talk Star Wars and, and, uh, Rogue Squad and, uh, Gen X and, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, now I'm uh, pretty I'm a nerd room devotee, but like just the whole Commonwealth getting, getting in on that. And now being part of the show is like, yeah, that's the, for that I, I, I attribute that uh, solely to uh, the force awakens and, uh, and just my buddy Pete calling me that night and, and making me go. I, I think I would have had the same feeling had I seen it on the Saturday, but I don't know. It's just sometimes, you know, things happen for a reason. And, uh, yeah. Then catching the pod and, and all that stuff. It was just, it worked out, it worked out perfectly. Yeah. I mean, all, well, well said all the way around. Like it's, it was a super big deal for all of us and anybody listening to this, I'm sure was, you know, going back to 2012 with the announcement that star Wars was officially coming back. Like, just jaw on the floor. And then November, 2014, the first teaser trailer and just anything they wanted to give us 
up until the release, it was just like fuel for the fire, just stuff that it was like heroin almost. You know, it was it was just what a what a time that that whole thing was. And yeah, bringing it bringing it back in the theater December 2015. It ugh, man, it's it's like it was like being reunited with a friend that you thought was gone from your life. It really really was because yep. uh, in 2005 uh yeah 2005 yeah uh one end credits for revenge of the sith it was a sad sad day for me like i was like okay we're not getting any more this is it you know and and then i had to you know relive that excruciating no uh (laughs) in my mind over and over uh no but (laughs) it's so terrible anyways um yeah but it was that was a really really sad moment as as far as a fan of a franchise like growing up and and knowing that there were other stories and and not knowing if we're ever going to get them and just knowing george yeah like he's not doing this like yeah we we all thought it was over yeah yeah there was there was no bones about it like we the story has changed over the years where it's like, okay, he, he did three and he talked about a backstory. So, okay, great. Oh, big, oh, actually, you know what? I have nine movies. Oh, okay. Maybe he'll do those. Nine. No, I'm not ever going to do those movies. Okay. Actually, there's a, a, there's a small mention, I think somewhere in the making of the Return of the, of the Jedi book that he has 12 yes. movies. Yep. It's like the story always changed. And I was like, well, what is the story? Like, you didn't know what to believe. I still don't know what to believe. That's why I'm not fully... 100% convinced that we're at the end of the Skywalker saga here. And I know they're going to bang us over the head with that. But I won't I I'm I don't I'm never going to fully 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 buy it. Anyway, not to get back into that that whole discussion. Yeah, there you go. Rick. Super emotional for all of us and I you know I I I I think it's too I think it's too bad because I don't know if we can really have this conversation after the end of 9. Because there's, we know there's a lot more to look forward to. Yeah, we're gonna say we might say goodbye. It is goodbye, though. Hopefully, in a we, way, it's sadly, it, it will be a, a moment of reckoning a little bit for fandom. I think, because I think a lot of fans who are not particularly thrilled with this era of Star Wars are just gonna kind of stick it out, see what happens in nine, and then maybe exit the fandom. May, or maybe like take a wait and see. Like I'm not a wait and see. Like I know I haven't seen anything about the, what's coming. I know I'm in. But I think I think for a lot of people who are very lukewarm on what they're getting so far, once once this ends, I think they will sort of okay. I've had my fill of Star Wars. I, I think it's gonna be a weird time with a lot of uh, changeover in fandom at that point. But we'll see. Rick, again, thanks, man. Great story. Loved hearing it. Hope to hear more. If you've got any more gold like that, send it our way. And some of those dirty, dirty jokes in the <laughs> Tumbling Saber group are always <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, that is all the time we have for this week. Uh, we're we're into our second hour here, but uh, it's, it's real late where we are, so we're going to have to call it a day here. So Neil, Dan, and Rick, thank you guys for the questions. Uh, we had a blast answering them as we always do. Um, 
And like every time I put out the request in the Facebook group, guys, we need questions for this week. Like you guys knock it out of the parks. Um, so uh, Adam, Larry, and Steve, we've got your questions. They will be dealt with next week. Thank you guys for sending those in. Actually, we've got another one from Neil in the hopper already. So we're we're loaded for next week, and we'll have resistance to talk about. Guys, we've we've already got our next show planned out. I like that. But anyway, if you have a question for us that you want us to answer on the podcast, uh, you can email those to me, uh, to kyle at tumblingsaber.com, or uh, you can DM me on Twitter or Facebook, whichever you prefer. And uh, yeah, it's it's just it's great having you guys as a part of the show. Uh, also, I want to thank powerful friend Rob Wade for endorsing episode 145 on emotionally14.com. So be sure to check out Rob's website and his podcast. And uh, I'll segue from that into StarWarsCommonwealth.com. Be sure to check that out as well. We've got 10 awesome podcasts full of Star Wars goodness. Check it out, StarWarsCommonwealth.com or on iTunes. And you will be one happy, happy uh, podcast listener. All right, guys. So with all this out of the way, Michelle, where are people going to find you on on social media? Uh, You can find me at tediously underscore brief on the Twitter, the Instagram, on Facebook. I'm Michelle Grandine, and you can also find uh, my book blog and all of my collection at Traveling Book Nerds on Instagram. Wonderful. And Michelle, you might might be uh, away for most of October. Yes, I am going to be able to be on the pod next Sunday, I think. Um, and then after that, I'm in I'm on a I'm in a writing retreat, and then I'm in London and Italy, and then I'm at a live like concert of a Nightmare Before Christmas with uh, the LA Philharmonic and the original cast of the movie. And then, yeah, so that's most of October. for me. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not going to be on the show for probably like most of October, yeah. but I'm sure it'll be super fun for everyone. It'll be like, Oh, like, um, throwback <laughs> when I wasn't um, part of the, the cast. Um, but, but you're, you're, in, you're in our time zone next week. You'll be in Boston. Next I know. Week. I know. I will be in Boston next week. So we'll all be on the same, same coast, same time. Um, so will you be able to be stay fun. awake. Yeah, I'll stay. I'll stay awake. I mean, I'll still be on, <laughs> I'll still be on California time probably because yeah, so. I'm flying out to Boston on the 6th on Saturday. So, um, and let's hope your hotel room has, has Disney channel. Oh yeah. It has. I'm, I hopefully, if not, like I have my, I'm bringing my computer, um, because I'm shooting a lot of photography while I'm out of town and I'm at a writing retreat. So I need my laptop. So I'll have my laptop to stream. Um, and I'm pretty sure the hotel has Disney channel. So, yeah. Cool. I, I, I think I, I've, it's a hotel I've never been to before, but, um, my friends have gone and they said that it was like pretty much the same in terms of like cable for any other hotel in Boston. So I did ask them. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Doing doing the advanced research. I need cable. I can't live without television. <laughs> All right, uh, Carlos, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ccandiromusic. Uh, Facebook, you could uh, look me up as uh, Carlos Candido. Uh, you could like my music page. And uh, we just, just 
uh, adjusted or uh, maneuvered, uh, MacGyvered, if you will. Massaged. Uh, yes. <laughs> Some of the uh, uh, the tiers for uh, the Cardos Creates Patreon campaign. And I think uh, we made them quite um, more, I would say, alluring. Bal- alluring, balanced, uh, more, uh, there's more logic behind the way things are made now and uh i just want to announce here uh, to everybody i'm actually going to be making a documentary and uh, that's uh, part of uh, part of the patreon campaign um yeah so that's it uh, check it out cardos creates patreon.com slash cardos creates backslash backslash uh, forward colon uh i don't Change, know change.org yeah, exactly. Hashtag uh, <laughs> not my Luke. <laughs> uh, Corey, where can people find you? I'm, I'm going to change it up this week and be like all TCW and be like find me on the Tumbling Saber group at Corey Patrick Roussel and more importantly at Chop Rules with a Z on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, this is probably your your best show. Really? We're on fire today. (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. That yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, you can find me at uh, you can find me often in the uh, Tumbling Saber Facebook group. So I encourage you, if you're not there yet, get a Facebook account if you don't have one and come join us in that group. It is constantly jumping with action. It's a lot of fun in there. People are posting all the time, multiple times daily. Lots of stuff that we're not seeing on Twitter. Lots. It's 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 a really tight little group. It's getting better and better in there. So come join us. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tumbling Saber, and of course, you can find our our Patreon page at Patreon.com/TumblingSaber. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, and there's a whole lot more waiting for you on the other side at Patreon, including uh, our giveaways, Man O Man ads. Congrats for the Mimban Trooper, and if. You guys, if, if you're interested, you got a, you got a shot at the Lego Star Wars Han Solo Landspeeder at the end of this month. That's what we're giving away. So go check that out. She's uh, a beauty. She is an absolute beauty. And uh, that's it, guys. That brings us to the end of episode 145. So until next time, we thank you so much for listening and have yourselves a great week. Later.
someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten to sixty thousand dollars. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit ColonialPen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com.